serial robber fleeing the scene of a crime tries to outrun the police by hiding in a zoo with hilarious results. And then, did a sci-fi battle take place on Earth between the world's two greatest superpowers 10,000 years ago? Was there really such a thing as the Finno-Korean Hyperwar? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We've got a lot of cool stuff today. This is actually the last episode before I go home. There'll be an episode coming out tomorrow. There's not going to be any break, but this will be my last episode I'm recording in Sacramento. In hot, hot Sacramento. I've spent the last three weeks in an air-conditioned apartment, not moving, sitting on a couch, like that big fat guy from Blade, just eating Chipotle. I did. I would leave the couch occasionally to go get more Chipotle, but for the most part, just sitting there. And uh, yeah, I have to go back and I have to start working out and <laughs> go back on my keto diet. And I've just been sitting around watching movies with my mom. We watch monster movies. We've seen 70 movies in three weeks. 70 movies. I'll tell you all about those <laughs> later. Sharktopus. We saw Sharktopus. And we saw Sharktopus versus um, Terracuda. Saw some good ones. So I actually saw some really good ones. We actually saw so anyways, anyways. But let's go ahead and get started with this last 104 degree episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. It's actually like 8 in the morning right now. It's not too hot, but let's go ahead and get started here. So let's go back to the year of 1997. Third Eye Blind is rocking our ears and breaking our hearts with their killer alt-rock music. I love Third Eye Blind. And um, She's All That came out. Cruel Intentions, some movie involving hot actresses acting like they're in high school, even though they're in their mid-20s, came out in 1997. And it is July 18th. It's a sweltering, hot summer day in Johannesburg, South Africa. Chappies have been seen all over the place fighting prawns. It's just a chaotic day. But we're going to focus on a very specific man. Isaac Mofo King is a robber by trade, and he's also the occasional rapist. So not a good guy. He's not the protagonist of our story at all. And I should say now, this story was actually recommended by Justice via Gmail, so thank you, Justice. Isaac Mofo King, serial robber slash rapist, breaking into a house, looking around, rifling through stuff. That's me actually opening a drawer. How's that for some folly sound effects? There's a drawer in front of me. looking for stuff, looking for stuff to rob because that's what he does. Technically, it would be a burglary. The way it works is it's burglary if nobody's there. It's robbery if someone's there. But anyways, serial robber. It turns into a robbery because as he's rifling through these awesome desks, right? Some guy comes in and goes, hey, what are you doing in my house? And Isaac turns around all slow motion. He's like, oh, that wasn't part of the plan. So he starts running through the hot city streets, right? And he passes up District 9. He just keeps going and going. What? So, he, so he runs past all of that nonsense. That was a great movie. But he runs past that great movie. And wow, 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 wow. Cops coming after him, right? Beep, beep. I don't think they use their horns, actually. But anyways, the cop cars are chasing this guy through the city of Johannesburg. And he's like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? He looks to hide somewhere. And it's a glass factory. He's like, no, that won't work. The whole building's made of glass. 
He turns another way. He sees an aquarium, a jellyfish aquarium. He hides behind them, totally visible behind the jellyfish. He's like, ah, this won't work. He sees the perfect hiding spot, Johannesburg Zoo. <sighs> Pays for a ticket. He's like, yes, waiting for his change. He's like, come on, come on, the cops are coming. And they're like, why are you worried about the cops? He's like, come on, just give me my change. Hey, no, you left a penny out. You give me a penny. Then finally, he gets into the zoo, and he sees a wall. The cops are right behind him. Jumps the wall. Ooh. Does a little combat roll on the ground. He's like, Whew. It's the end of that story. So let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Thanks, Justice, for the recommendation. No, actually, he combat rolls into the zoo in, over the wall, right? He goes, Whew. Got away from those guys. But what he doesn't realize is that he's actually just broken into another home. Another home. You know, it's funny, because technically now that I think about it, I guess this is a true crime story or just a weird news story. No ghosts show up. There's no conspiracy. I should let you guys know that right off the bat. I don't know if you're expecting him to, like, break into a haunted zoo. But Isaac has made his getaway. He jumped the wall. He dusts himself off. And it is at that moment that he realized he just broke into another home on accident. He's so good at breaking into people's homes, he can do it accidentally. But this home belongs to Max the Gorilla. Max, a 400-pound western lowland gorilla, is just chilling there with his girlfriend Lisa. Just hanging out. Beautiful, sunny, hot July day. Chilling at the zoo. Chewing on some, like, wheat or grass. They're always chewing on something when I watch them in YouTube videos. They're always chewing. But I don't know what they eat. I don't think they're eating Big Macs. I'm sure they eat some meat. Like, zookeepers throw meat over the fence. You know, he's chewing. The the Max is... Lisa's like, come on, man. Chew with your arms closed. <laughs> Lisa goes, wait. No, you can keep your arms open. I don't care what you do with your arms. Lisa goes... Chew with your mouth closed. Max is like, I'm just chewing along. And all of a sudden, he sees this guy in his house. Now, it's weird because basically the story starts where the story ended. With Isaac in a house uninvited. The first guy chased Isaac out of the house. Technically, Max was probably trying to do that as well. But Max was also trying to chase him out of his body. Grammatically, that may not make sense. But the point being is that Max tried to rip Isaac apart. And at this point, the police enter the zoo. They're looking around. They're looking at the jellyfish exhibit. They're looking around. They're like, where could this guy be? They see, well, they hear the screams of a man. Help me, help me, help me, please help me. And the cops run over to the gorilla enclosure. And they see Max basically holding down Isaac taking a big old bite out of his butt. Just, arsh, I'm a chewer. He's chewer. Gorillas chew stuff. When they're fighting, the first thing you want to do is bite into that beefy butt. So the cops now have to save this rapist slash robber. Even though their job was originally to arrest him, now they have to save him from being demolished by this 400-pound gorilla. So the cops hop over the wall. The cops hop over the wall. Isaac, at this point, because he is, you know, a professional robber, He pulls a gun out and begins shooting Max in the face. He shoots Max in the jaw and the arm. But that doesn't deter a 400-pound gorilla. It just makes him matter. So now he's really just laying into this dude. The cops run in to save Isaac. Now, they have guns too, but they're not going to start shooting this gorilla. Which, I mean, to be fair, I get it why you don't want to shoot a gorilla. 
But at a certain point, I'm sure this fight would have turned to where they would have to shoot the gorilla. The gorilla, spoiler alert, the gorilla does not die in this story. But the cops run in and they start to try to get Isaac away from the from Max. They're like, we got to save this scum. We got to save this piece of human d- debris. Max turns to them and bites them on the butt. <sighs> bites in a cop, an officer of the law on the butt, and then begins mauling the other one. So it's a full-on fight. There's three officers. There's Isaac and one 400-pound gorilla. He's just laying waste to these people. Eventually, a zookeeper... (laughs) That's the sound of a trank dart being loaded and entering into Max. He just kind of stumbles around a bit like he's had one too many at a frat party. Dust. (laughs) Cloud of dust. Goes up. Cops get Isaac out of there. Now... Max goes into surgery, the bullet in his face, messed up his mouth a bit, totally fine. The bullet in his arm, they couldn't even get out, they're just like, don't worry about it. He's a 400 pound gorilla, he'll be okay. The cops, the one, the cops got mauled, got bit on the butt, they're fine too. They went on to have distinguished careers, I'm assuming. Nobody ever, they were never reported on what they did after this. So the question is, what happened to Isaac? Mauled by a gorilla, bitten on the butt, professional robber. Serial rapist. 35 years in prison for his string of robberies and rapes. Five additional years for shooting Max. But that's not where the story ends, no. Because I said this was just a true crime story. But I lied. Because we know... I didn't lie. Just look down farther on my notes. I go, oh, there is a conspiracy. Max died of old age in the year 2004. He died peacefully in his sleep, I'm assuming, at the age of 33. Hmm? 33, that's a Masonic number. That's not a conspiracy. I'm just making a joke. And, but, but, Isaac, scorn of South Africa. People did not like this guy because he shot Max the Gorilla. No one likes it when you're blowing away animals. They didn't like him for his occupation. They definitely didn't like him that he shot a gorilla. He died one year after Max died in prison. But that's not it. He died and nobody knows why. His family has been trying to get the prison warden people, the investigators of the prison, to really disclose what happened, but apparently this is what happened. He had some sort of drug overdose. And at first, the prison investigators were saying everyone had mess hall, and later on he went back to a cell, and he began vomiting, and he died. Family is like, that's awful. So he must have had some sort of medical problem. And they go to the prison, and they talk to the warden, and they start talking to people there, And then the story changes that he was in line for food, saw a cup full of pills, reached for it, grabbed it, swallowed it, and began vomiting right there in front of everyone else. To this day, as far as I could tell, that case has never been solved. But it's suspicious. I mean, sometimes you could say there's suspicious deaths. But it makes it suspicious that one version of the events has him dying by himself in his cell, and nobody knows why, to, oh, everyone saw him do this thing, in the middle of mealtime, and he began immediately throwing up then. And actually, how many drugs did you have to take to begin throwing up right after you took them? So, was he assassinated for killing Max? Did Max's ghost... Oh, there's a paranormal angle. Did Max's ghost come back into prison and kill Isaac for shooting him in front of his girlfriend? We may never know. Most likely not. Most likely that he killed himself and it was some sort of cover-up. But who knows? It may have been justice from beyond the grave from a 400-pound western lowland gorilla. 
They should have done an autopsy and see if he had ghost bite marks on his butt. But anyways, forget the conspiracy part. Forget the paranormal part. I just love the story of man versus nature and nature barely losing. Multiple people had to help take him down and everyone was okay. No gorillas died in the making of that story. So let's go ahead. You know what's funny? Let me say this real quick. I get a lot of requests for uh, YouTube monkey torture. It's actually this conspiracy theory that I covered really, really early on on the show. I, I I covered it in episode 52, which is the golf rumors episode of the podcast. And I didn't upload it to YouTube. So a lot of people on YouTube request that story. And the story is so old. It's so, I mean, that was almost, that was over 200 episodes ago. Let me talk about it real briefly here. Because I got a lot of requests for it. There is a community on YouTube of people who uh, go to videos of little monkeys, gorillas. Usually it's monkeys, but primates being hurt. I actually had someone comment on one of my videos from this community. But let me tell you what it is, and then I'll go into that. There is a community on YouTube that goes to videos of primates like being hurt. Like usually it's like wildlife videos of them getting taken out of the trees by leopards, or it's just videos of uh, it happened accidentally, like a monkey falling down a stairs while he's like a little monkey waiter is carrying a, a bottle of champagne falls down the stairs. Sometimes there's videos of actually monkeys being hurt on purpose, like being cooked in like a foreign country, being cooked in a stew or being hunted. And the YouTube comments will be full of people saying stuff like, oh yeah, those monkeys deserve it. I hate monkeys. They're so disgusting. Little monkeys just need to get their arms broken or their brains bashed in. You're like, what? There is a subculture on YouTube of people who wish harm upon monkeys. And it's funny because nobody knows why. Nobody knows what, even people who suffer from this, and I will call it suffering because it's quite a horrible thing. Even people who suffer from this don't know why they hate monkeys so much. They just don't understand it. They just say the sight of seeing monkeys just drives them wild. So here, here's one, actually. This I did. This in, this comment was on my video I did about the killer herpes monkeys of Florida. Quite a few episodes back, there is an outbreak of herpes among these little monkeys that were imp- that were imported into this island on Florida. And recently, I got this. So the video itself was maybe five or six months ago. Last month, I got this comment on my video. I didn't upload it. I let it go into the spam filter. But I'm going to read it to you right now. It says, and again, the, it's just a story, it's a news story about how these monkeys have herpes, and if they bite you, you get herpes too. And this is one of the comments. Show some live action, sh- the, the grammar's terrible, by the way. Show some live action, shoot them, we pay to watch money. And you'd think maybe it's like some sort of spam or AI bot, I just think this person's stupid. Get that rat by the tail, swing him around real fast, snap back, right fast, pop that neck, live action. Love watching these sons of a bitches suffer. The grammar's terrible. They are worthless shit. Took a real human baby off newborn. Killed it. Pulled its arms off. I, I, I don't know. I'd like to see a citation on that. Not the video, but I'm sure this happened at some point. But don't know what they're talking about. I would love to go in the park and kill every one of them damn rats, nasty, filthy animals. I would like to get a razor blade and whack that sack off. It's very that's and that's the tone that comes across a lot of these. They'll go into detail how they want these primates to be killed. But yeah, it's a it's a really bizarre, creepy subculture out there of people who believe in this stuff. YouTube monkey torture. You there's a deeper dive. All the links. 
for that are on episode 52 of Dead Rabbit Radio. And if you want to look, if you want to, I don't suggest it, but if you want to like read some of the links for your, read some of the comments for yourself, all of my show notes are on episode 52 of Dead Rabbit Radio. You can check that one out. It's also the Golf Rumors episode, but yeah. Yeah, I'm all for investigating bizarre, unique subcultures, but sometimes it pushes it just a little too far. They didn't do nothing wrong. I mean, it might have pulled the arms off a baby sometime, but every animal at some point has killed a baby. I'm sure penguins have killed babies at some point. Doesn't mean you have to hate all penguins. Doesn't mean you're watching March of the Penguins and being like, I just can't wait to rip their beaks off and stab them in their eye. But, you know, it's like every animal's killed a baby at some point. Okay, (laughs) that was a bizarre segue. Let's go ahead and move on to our last segment for the day. It is both interesting and relatively a short one. It took me very, very small amount of looking into to get to the bottom of this. This was a request from William via Gmail. William wanted me to cover this story, and I looked into it, and it, it has certain keywords that you... And I don't, I don't know if William's in on the joke, if William was like, oh, this is hilarious. Or if William really thinks this might be real, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards he knows it's a joke, or just wanted to know the origins of it as well. Let's hop in the carpenter copter because we're gonna need aerial superiority. We're going to need weapons, and we're going to need the ability to go back in time because we are going back to the year eight thousand two hundred forty five BC. BC, not none of that BCE nonsense they teach at the universities these days. We're talking BC. It's 8,245 B.C. We're flying through the time portal, and we are over anywhere in Europe. Because at this point in time in human history, forget all you knew about cavemen. The cavemen weren't around. Forget everything you knew about Stone Age, Bronze Age, Iron Age. We are in the age of the hyperwar. Giant robots moving across Europe. Shooting laser beams. Spaceships. Sounded more like a jet, but the point is, Europe had erupted in what was known by historians as a hyperwar. The most advanced technology that ever existed on the planet Earth existed then, but two great warriors couldn't split the Earth. We're talking about superpowers that to this day are known as the superpowers. The Finns, the Finnish, and the Koreans. And what I'm talking about is the Finno-Korean hyperwar. Both sides had amassed this huge level of mystical sci-fi technology, stuff we had never even heard of before. The ancient Finnish empire was coming down from the north with space rays, anti-gravity vehicles, robots. And the Korean empire, also known as the Wan Empire, had built up their own arsenal out-of-this-world inventions, but they weren't out-of-this-world. They were all invented by human hands. So, the war continued until the year 6172 BC, and it was almost like a stalemate. It looks like, when we look at the historical record, it looks like the Finnish Empire came out on top, but both sides suffered such heavy losses that it really set humanity back thousands and thousands of years. When we look at a template of human history, we can see Humanity moving up, and then the burning of the Library of Alexandria sets us back. Humanity headed up, and then the fall of Rome, and then the Dark Ages. We always think, where would humanity be at if we had all the combined knowledge of all the previous cultures? 
Every time there's a massive war or natural disaster, we go back. And I'm talking like global disaster, like a mega quake coming soon on Sci-Fi Channel. I'm talking about something like that. Something so massive that it actually sets back humanity. Where would we be if we didn't have those things? 400 years of the Dark Ages, the bubonic plague, we would be 400 years more advanced than we are now. The hyperwar actually set us back thousands of years. When we look at the record of mankind to go from Stone Age technology to this hyper-technology, and then to lose it all, it's staggering. Thousands of more than thousands of years back. Now, this theory has been put out by scholars of history. This theory has been put out by people who, who make it their passion to investigate the history of the world. And you'll see infographs around saying this is the Finno-Korean hyperwar. And it will just be a, that'll be that term. It'll be, it set us back. Here's a graph of human history. Here's how far we're set back because the Finno-Korean hyperwar and so on and so forth. But let me dive a little bit more into, when I'm reading it, I've been, I've, I get the memes. I'm not saying like I'm some sort of cool kid, but I understand the stuff to a certain point. And I think that there's two, two things going on here. One, first off, I should say none of this is real. None of this is real at all. It was an elaborate in-joke made up by the History Board on 4chan. There was a bunch of Finnish people on history, on the History Board on 4chan. And they started seeing like they could go, oh, Italians used to be the most advanced people when we had Rome. And then you would have the Africans say, oh, you know, the African community was so advanced when we had Egypt. And then you'd have the Russians be like, oh, Russia was so advanced when we had... And then there'd just be empty silence. But you'd always have these cultures going, oh, yeah, back in the day, my culture was the best. And a couple, I would assume, like only three or four Finnish guys on 4chan said, when we were advanced, we had spaceships. They basically made up this joke. It was an inside joke on the board saying, oh, yeah, the Italians used to have Rome, but the Finnish had warships. We had spaceships flying around. And that coupled with, so that little bit of an in-joke, Coupled with the real-life mystery that, this is bizarre, the Finnish language and the Korean language are actually distant relatives. And no one can really figure it out. So, the Korean, the, I'm going to read you this quote here because it can say it more succinctly than I can. I can't even say the word succinctly. Here's a quote from somewhere. I didn't write down where I got the quote from, but it's in my notes, uh, in the show notes. Korean language, gee, I didn't even copy the face, the word the... The Korean language is a distant relative of the Ural-Altic family of languages, which includes such diverse languages as Mongolian, Finnish, and Hungarian. So it's not like you, there's a lot of similarities between it, but it's more related to Finnish than it would be to Latin. So they, it's a kind of a weird linguistic mystery. Did they meet at some time? Why is that language related to it? And so on and so forth. So they took that real-life kind of trivial, and I'm sure people have kind of figured it out, but it's still a bit of a mystery. That little nugget of a mystery with the idea that at some point finished with some, the Finns were the most superior nation on the planet, they created this joke called the Finno-Korean Hyperwar. And when you look at, there's, a, there's an info, I t- talked about one infographic that shows like the timeline of the Earth, which is the most common one. You'll see that floating around. Because that one looks fairly legit. We'll get into that in a second. But the first infograph I came across when I was researching the Finno-Korean hyperwar looked like a Wikipedia 
sidebar where it showed like whenever you look up stuff on Wikipedia, they'll show like troop strength, not anything. It's not Britney Spears concert, but when you look up battles or wars, it'll show like troop strength and casualties and losses and all that stuff. In their version of that, on the side of the Wan Empire, you had Obi-Wan Kenobi and 20,000 Jedi Knights and Jackie Chan holding a baby in a ladder factory. On the Finnish side, they had a great war hero known as Fred McFeely Rogers. And at some point, both sides or one side, I was unsure, used the Giza Mass Autism Array. Gave a bunch of people autism. So looking at that on its head, you would go, this is obviously a joke. Jackie Chan was not walking around with a baby in a ladder factory 8,000 years ago. As funny as that image is, it didn't happen. Jedi Knights aren't real. Sorry, guys. There is no Giga... Giza Mass Autism Array. All this stuff is made up. And so there's two layers to this joke. This is what's so interesting about this. There's two layers to this joke. One is that, and it's obviously in jokes. We know, we talked about Jackie Chan on this show before. So obviously, I look at that and I go, this is a meme, this is a joke. So here's the thing. Why am I talking about this? I got the request. Thank you again for the request. But I didn't just cover it to say, here's a story, it's totally fake, it's a meme, let's move on. I'm covering this because throughout my research, I found people actually thinking this was a real thing. Going, was there really an ancient Finnish empire? Was there really a time when, there may have been like an ancient Finnish empire, whereas there's like some king kicking bricks around up there. But as far as people actually wonder whether or not this thing exists. And it's funny because there's two stages. One, was there actually an ancient Finnish empire and an ancient Korean empire, and did they fight? And the second one is, did they have a hyperwar? Was it some sort of lost civilization hyperwar? It is a joke. It's 100% a joke. But it's out there into the mists of the internet. And people have a problem. People have a problem. One, humans seek novelty and they seek new information. And two, nowadays... It feels like humans are far less trusting of journalists and historians and the establishment. Whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing overall, I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. But we have a combination where people love novelty. They love new information. They don't listen or like to authoritative figures in any sort of historical context. You know what I mean? Like People will be like, well, that's just the mainstream historian industrial complex that's telling me that. I don't know. I'm just asking questions. I think that part of it is good to a point, but I think when you start questioning every single historical source because it doesn't talk about the Finnish-Korean hyperwar, you're going to kind of run into some issues. Like, you do have to have a baseline of what history actually is. But we're seeing this with the mud flood, too. The mud flood theory, which I covered on a previous episode, is that at in the 18 late 1800s mud covered the entire planet and it's been completely no pun intended covered up by the powers that be and so for that to exist you have to say that every historical authoritative every historical book every encyclopedia all that stuff is false all of it 100% is false and that's a really weird place to start when you're looking into history is to go anything that's after 1880 is 100% false I'm like what and the mud flood, I think, I, I came to the conclusion on the episode, I think it's almost like a psyop. I, I think it's people looking at photos and not being able to make heads or tails of whether or not mud conquered the world in the 1800s. And so they made up this backstory. Or it could be 
some government or some agency or whatever wanted to see, and I've, I've said this a couple times, want to see how a rumor can spread. It's basically a psychological warfare operation. Like, can we invent the stupidest rumor? Let's track to see how fast it invades the internet. I think Flat Earth is like that as well. I don't know who's doing it, and it could that could just be my own, I don't want to say paranoid because I really don't care either way, but my own conspiracy theory as far as that goes if people are doing it or not it doesn't really affect me i I mean it may down the road when everyone says that i caused the mud flood but i think that this is kind of the opposite i think this is just a couple kids goofing around on the internet came up with a funny joke shared it with their friends and they thought it was funny and they kept sharing it over and over and over again and now it's gotten out of 4chan and you have people who believe in stuff like the mud flood read it and go, what? Golly, the Koreans had some spaceships? That's why North Korea is being blocked in. Because President Trump doesn't want their spaceships to fly around. That makes sense. And then the Finns. The Finns. I don't know much about the Finns because they ain't in the news. But oh, it all makes sense now. I don't know why I do that accent. I actually have good friends with that accent who aren't idiots. But the point is, is that the the interest the the story is out there it's floating around the internet and again i don't think william was like oh man i wonder if the fins have... i don't think that was william's intention when he recommended the story and if he did i again i don't care i don't really care what you guys believe in because everyone has their own goofy beliefs so but it's interesting how quickly this stuff can spread how dangerous it can be sure it starts off with stuff about the mud flood it starts off about <laughs> the fins and the koreans flying around with spaceships jackie chan and with a baby in a ladder factory but where does it end? I say I don't care whether or not Mud Flood is a psyop. And it's funny, right when I said that, I thought, because most of the show's off the cuff. Right when I said that, I thought, uh, maybe I do care. I, I guess I don't care whether or not it's a psyop, but I am concerned about the end results. Because we are, move, all of these things are basically something happened in the past that's being covered up by the power structure, the knowledge structure that exists today. That's the key. But what if the people who are pushing these conspiracy theories on the public? Maybe it's not all a joke. It's definitely not a joke to them. They are pushing these conspiracy theories either to track how an idiotic idea can spread, to how to fine-tune a message, keep fine-tuning until you find the right psychological component so that most people believe in it. Because some of the conspiracy theories, like Flat Earth is really caught on, Mud flood's a little more complicated for people to understand, but that one's getting bigger and bigger. What happens when these get perfected as a weapon? What happens when someone sits down and goes, these are the psychological components that we need for a perfect conspiracy theory. We need government mistrust. We need a religious reason why they're being put forth. Flat Earth is all about the denial of God. They're, they're saying that's the reason why we're being lied about a flat earth, because only God can make a flat earth. If you believe in a flat earth, you must believe in God. So there's a religious denial component to it. And you just keep looking at these things, and you're able to convince someone that what they are looking at or what they can see is fake in a photograph or in a video, like flat earth. You can show them that, and you can convince them that's fake. You keep fine-tuning these conspiracy theories. You can get them to actually look at something in real life with their own eyes standing there and still go, that's fake. Flat Earth, if you want to believe in Flat Earth, whatever. But if someone actually is creating these things, the hyperwar thing was created as a joke. But when people are actually creating these things as some sort of psychological weapon, what happens when they perfect it to the point when you can look at me and they convince you I'm not human? 
Because we may be going there if this is being plotted out and planned. That you could create a conspiracy theory that is so believable, quote-unquote believable to somebody, that you can convince them of anything at any time, anywhere. Because right now people are seeing a little graph that says Finno-Korean hyperwar in a timeline of humanity, and they're wondering if that's real. A multicolored graph. It's making them question what they know about history from that. So between deep fakes, psychologically perfected conspiracy theories, and mass distribution of those two things. Right now, someone's looking at a little graph and going, I wonder if the Koreans had spaceships. Tomorrow, they may be looking at something far more carefully crafted and say, nothing's true. Nothing's true except this video I have in front of me. I can't trust anyone but the people who sent me this loot. That's a dangerous world to live in. And we may be headed that way. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.